Welcome to the very first episode of the Smut and Spice podcast, where we're living vicariously through the female main characters in reverse harems, dark romances, and bully romances. We're your hosts, Ashley and Sam. For our first episode, we'll be doing a deep dive into reverse harems, dark romances, and bully romances, and why you should give these genres a try. Be warned, this episode may contain spoilers and explicit content that is inappropriate for those under the age of 18. This show is not for children. Listen at your own risk. So our first topic for this episode is one of our favorite types of books to read, which is Reverse Harem. A Reverse Harem is a female protagonist, which we will refer to as the FMC, or female main character, and several people who are within her harem. Typically, the harems we read consist of entirely males but i know that there are reverse harems that are mixed with females and males it does need to be three or more males we're not just talking about a triad here and you get to see a lot of those interactions between the female main character and her many different partners throughout the book typically these have an additional conflict you'll see um, motorcycle gangs uh, different sorts of mafia romances And in general, there's a lot of additional conflict in addition to the relationship drama that happens when you have so many people in love with one singular person. Which, that's my, you know, favorite concept of reverse harems is just the amount of love that all these men or women have for that main character. It's amazing. I like the dynamic so much. It's also nice to live vicariously through them and imagine that you have so many different partners that love you unequivocally, no matter all the stupid things that you say or do throughout (laughs) the day. So both mine and Ashley's first introduction to Reverse Harem was with the lovely novel Den of Vipers by K.A. Knight. And this, this is a bit of a dive into the genre. This is not exactly a book for beginners. Uh, I, it is. I recommend Den of Vipers to everyone for their beginner read because I'm like, if you can <laughs> handle this, you can handle anything. So Ashley is more of the throw the baby into the deep end of the pool and see if it can swim from there more than gradually helping someone into a new experience. If you can handle this book, you can handle anything else that I'm going to recommend to you. That's quite, that's quite the strategy. That's not the strategy I would entail. <laughs> Sam prefers to ease them into it. Yes. I, I'd rather give them like a nice sweet reverse harem like with Willow. Uh, Willow Hadley has two different series that she's working on that are both really sweet and kind of innocent reverse harems. Yeah, those are, I, I refer to those as the warm and fuzzy type of reverse harems. I love me a good warm and fuzzy book. That's like... When I need a break from the craziness that typically happens in Knife like fucking. darker, <laughs> you know, I wasn't just gonna jump into that example, but yes, that I, was... I mean, I didn't say what book it's from, so <laughs> when we're you'll find throughout the course of this podcast that Ashley and I read a lot of dark romance, and when I need a break from dark romance, when my brain says, Sam. Maybe you've had enough of people who are hate-fucking each other. (laughs) People who are so emotionally damaged. Maybe you've had enough of trauma bonding. (laughs) Then (laughs) we're 
and that's, we're gonna pause we frequently yeah. talk about that you know not just it's it's gonna be discussed in the podcast but sam and i talk a lot all the time um yes just the trauma and the daddy issues and so much of these things can be found in reverse harems so if you know that's not really your thing the warm and fuzzy reverse harems that we mentioned those are going to be right up your alley they're cute they're sweet the guys are amazing the conflict is i mean pretty much non-existent i would say like maybe which is funny because you would think that would be boring like oh where where is the conflict in this series but i enjoy it for like the brain break that it is like sometimes i just need warm and fuzzy serotonin vibes in my mind especially through this winter with the pandemic it was so nice to read those willow hadley books they were they were so nice for my brain they gave me a nice fuzzy brain save me from my seasonal depression please (laughs) but you'll find that the book and reading community in general has a lot of mixed reviews of den of vipers and i think those mixed reviews are very warranted um just in terms of K.A. Knight's style of writing is not for everyone. The way that she has written these characters and the conflict between the characters and how these characters eventually develop their romantic relationship can be viewed as Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> so and it is definitely, so. it's definitely not the healthiest relationship dynamic. So as a person who is in a healthy and loving marriage, I understand that Obviously, these characters are not role models. These are not people that we're looking up to. So when I go into romances like this, suspending my belief and understanding that I don't need to interrogate everything through a lens of feminism and understanding that I can enjoy something for what it is instead of trying to dig deeper and analyze the symbolism behind everything that happens. I personally feel as though... Reverse harems are the epitome of feminism because the female main characters aren't really stuck in that box of monogamy. They're, you know, encouraged to pursue different partners and kinks and sex acts that, you know, are somewhat frowned upon by mainstream society. So look at Ashley coming in with a hot take. (laughs) Me with my one hot take for the entire episode. That was it. So... Make sure this makes it in there. Yes, it will. I will make sure to include your hot take. I my concern with Den of Vipers really uh, came around to the idea of consent, and if you can really give informed consent when you are the victim of a kidnapping and being held captive. So I mean, the very first scene in the book. This is a spoiler. Is very much non consensual, but yes. Oh, it was just so hot, though. (laughs) So, (laughs) I'm normally so triggered by non-con, but that first scene... Also, there are a ton of triggers in Den of Vipers, which I believe are mentioned in the Goodreads profile for the book. If you're someone who, you know, likes to check out books on Goodreads before you give them a read, this is one that, you know, can potentially be triggering if you've had any sort of sexual assault, rape, probably you know yes a good one to stay away from i would say general rule check all triggers when it comes to reverse harems just in general 
because many of them are written through a darker lens in the first place, and there's a lot of trauma involved through the backstory of almost every character in Reverse Harem. Yeah. So check your triggers as a general rule when approaching this genre. Um, while we're on the subject of Den of Vipers, <laughs> I do want to say that while Ashley is of the mind of throwing readers into the deep end, she really threw me into the deep end as she was the one who introduced me to this genre. So thank you, Ashley, for that. And that kind of experience of being like, this is such a taboo book in that it not only is it exploring a non-monogamous relationship, but it also explores a lot of different sexual kinks in there's BDSM thrown in there, there's knife play, there's... Uh, a lot of choking there's in general lots of violence so i thought that was i don't know if i would necessarily say that this book has the best representation of those kinks i know that for example when 50 shades of gray was like big on the scene the bdsm community was like hey this book does a terrible job of representing our community and the way that we go about uh ascertaining informed consent and what BDSM actually looks like. So I don't think that these individual kink communities would be huge fans of how <laughs> their kinks are represented in Den of Vipers. But it does, similar to what Ashley was saying, there's a lot of kink play that is done without any sort of shame involved. And I think that when we talk about reverse harems, opening up your mind to all of these different uh, preferences is one of the things that reverse harems can do really well because not only are you opening up your mind to the idea of a non-monogamous relationship and exploring this in a fantasy world you also get to experience a bunch of different uh sexual interactions without actually being a part of them which i think could be really great in general for people who like me might not have the spiciest sex life yeah i mean we you know are in strictly monogamous marriages um i'm a mom so I don't have a ton of time to devote to doing my laundry let alone like making sure that my sex life is a spicy one I think that you know reverse harems have definitely made that better um I'm not sure whether it's just by learning about some extra kinks that I might be into or the fact that you know the sexual scenes in the book kind of help with my libido um but it's important to kind of take these books for what they are they're definitely targeted you know, in my opinion, towards women who are in monogamous relationships that have some questions or, you know, are wondering what it's like to be in an open relationship or, you know, have your own reverse harem. I would definitely agree that most romances in general and reverse harems in particular are targeted towards a female audience. Yeah, for sure. So we will have a standalone episode for Den of Vipers where we will be really digging into that story in general. But I just wanted to give a general overview of uh, my thoughts since that was our introduction into the reverse harem world. But we have read many other reverse harems <laughs> since then. Uh, and we will be exploring some of our favorite series and standalone episodes. Which uh, at some point we're hoping to have some of those authors come on with us. 
um, you which know, we're I'd, very excited about. Yes, I'd love to hear the you know the thought process that goes into writing these books. I think it's so interesting the way that the characters are developed. So, Den of Vipers is a contemporary reverse harem in that it takes place in our contemporary world, but there are paranormal reverse harems, which honestly are some of my favorites because not only do you get to explore the dynamics of having multiple partners, you get to explore all of that while also involving werewolves and vampires and shapeshifters and all sorts of other fun things. Well, so what's not to like? <laughs> I think it's that generation who grew up with Harry Potter were definitely predisposed to being interested. I mean, and, you know, Twilight was such a huge thing, but I, I was never really that into that, but... You know, shapeshifters and magic and demons. All, all of that is just so interesting to me. Um, I especially love, like, vampires and the, like, feeding and eroticism that goes along with that. Um, I mean, you know, they have to be good lovers if they're immortal and have hundreds of years to kind of develop that sexual appetite. You would hope so. You would hope that they would have learned something over that length of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just think about how good you would be, like, if you had a <laughs> lifetime to to do everything you wanted to do. So some of our favorite paranormal reverse harems uh, are include Dark River. What is that full series name, Ash? Uh, it's Dark River Days by Grace McGinty. Love it so much. And Some I also want to shout out characters. Grace. She is the sweetest human on the entire planet. Um, just, you know, she's happy to answer any questions that you have about her books and loves engaging with her fans. And she's just super cool. So um, Dark River Days is an amazing series and I recommend it to everyone. You know, whether you like par paranormal reverse harems or not, just uh, the characters are so cute. <laughs> I, Ashley recommended it to me, which you will find to be the case with a lot of the things that we talk about, <laughs> is that either I recommend it to Ashley or Ashley's recommended it to me. And through that process of getting to know those characters, I just was texting Ashley the entire time about who I fell in love with next throughout the series. Dark River Days has a very large harem, which is, <laughs> seems very overwhelming to me in particular because that's. As I would have texted to Ashley, too many dicks on the dance floor. It's too, <laughs> it's too much at a certain point. At the, does it get up to seven at one point, Ash? I think it does. Yeah. So we're I'm trying to count everyone in my head, but I, I think it's. <laughs> I think that seven is the, is the number, which does seem overwhelming, but it's so well done in the series and. You know, spoiler alert again, the male-male interactions within the harem, oh, it just, it does it for me. It's so adorable. That, that's her. something that Ashley and I have come to realize throughout our uh, exploration of reverse harem, is that we are totally on board with some male-on-male -male action throughout that story. It just it adds to the spice or the sexual tension um you know being that female main character that can watch two guys who are also so into each other it just uh it turns me on so much <laughs> to be worshipped like that 
in addition to Dark River, uh, Cricket, which was one of the series that we were talking about previously, is another paranormal reverse harem that we both really like a lot. There isn't any like true smut yet in that book, though. Just I, in either of the two books that have come out so far. And I'm curious where you know Willow is going to go with this. I mean. It's going to have to happen at some point, and I'm curious to how it's going to be done, um, but I'm sure that it's also going to be in a way that's, again, that whole warm and fuzzy type of feeling. Um, you know, the guys in the harem are so sweet and considerate. I think that, you know, Willow will do a really good job with it. But, yes, it has been two books without any sex, but it's been, you know, a nice, enjoyable ride so far. I have no complaints. I, I can get on board with the lack of smut just because of how sweet their interactions are with yes. the relationship. It's just like three guys that just love a girl so much. And I mean, Cricket is, you know, super cool. And that's something else that I really appreciate. I need a good, strong female main character. I need to understand why all of these partners have fallen in love with her. I need to understand what she's bringing to the table. Another trope that I really enjoy that's a part of Paranormal Reverse Harems is the idea of, like, soulmates or magic bonding people together. Faded mates. Yes, 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 yes. This is something that I would seek out when I was reading fan fiction. And through this podcast, you'll probably come to learn that I read a lot of fan fiction. Most (laughs) of it is Draco and Hermione fan fiction. Uh, But I love the idea of... Uh, soulmates, fated mates, along those lines of like magic or fate is drawing us together. So that idea can become really prevalent in paranormal reverse harems. And it is used as a storytelling device to explain like why this one person has so many people that she needs to be with. So I enjoy that as the storytelling device that it is and also because I am just, like, a person who loves the concept of Faded Mates. And I love that as well. Um, You know, especially in books, you know, shifter books or, um, you know, any of those with alphas, just because alpha males are so hot. Um, (laughs) One of my favorite series that involves, you know, multiple Faded Mates, um, Britt Andrews has a good series called Emerald Lakes and it's a group of five guys and they're all fated to the female main character um, and it's just it's very well done there's magic, there's demons there's a shifter there's witches uh, so similar if to you have a, if you have a thing for multiple fated mates, it's a good one I was just recently reading uh, the Hemlock Academy series, which is another Faded Mates series, Uh, but it's all based around a uh, magical conduit kind of building, and so she, as the center of the uh, reverse harem, is like the main conduit of magic, and she's collecting all of these other men who make her magic stronger, and it's all leading up to like a main conflict. I'm only on the, I finished the second book. The third book is coming out in a few weeks. And I'm very excited to see where the story goes because I've been enjoying the storytelling. It's very fast-paced. I've gotten through the books really quickly. But it's another one of those gigantic harems. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Let me 
keep a running list of all the men in the harem so I don't get confused. Um, and another thing that you're going to learn about Sam and I is that we don't like to read series that aren't completed because the speed at which we read is very fast. So yes. we'll go ahead and binge through, you know, whatever books are released and then we're just kind of hanging out and like, okay, what am I going to read now? Like, I'm going to have exactly. to wait all this time for these books to come out, and then I'm probably just going to have to reread the series because it's been so long. That is our curse. <laughs> we constantly starting series that are still uh, in progress. That is actually funny that you bring that up, because when I started reading Hemlock Academy, I thought it was a completed series, because all four of the books are listed, like, on Kindle, and they all have, like, these completed covers and everything, and I was like, cool, I'll just speed through these four books, I'll get the series done this weekend, and then it was like, just kidding, the third one isn't coming out until April something, and I was like, this is my curse, why See, do I do this to myself? that's so tricky, and I feel like, you know, for an author, how do you know exactly how many books your series is going to be? Like, are you just going to cut it down to make it fit that, or, like, do you have some sort of outline... So if you're an author who is working on a series that's in progress and you'd like to appear on our podcast, please reach out. I am so excited to like have those discussions with authors and just be like, where did this idea come from? Because when I think of writing like a book and writing stories, I have ideas, but then like outlining those ideas and trying to come up with a story that I could write out and actually complete and put all of this thought and creativity behind is so daunting to me so the fact that they like actually went out of their way to publish their thoughts and just it is so awe-inspiring for me I think that for us too Sam we're perfectionists you know when it comes to pretty much everything and you know very control much so. freaks and <laughs> I think that that's you know for me that's the limiting factor when it comes to my writing is I think that my writing's not going to be good enough or nobody's going to want to read my book or um, do I have enough detail about this one specific aspect or do I need to you know cut down the detail because it's way too heavy on the exposition yeah so. you have to ride that fine line of yeah. Is this interesting enough to the reader, but also am I giving them enough information to understand the world that I'm building? Yeah. And, you know, we've read some recently where they were not necessarily very well thought out. It was a little bit much. Too many things going on there. Yes, most definitely. Uh, one of the segments that we're going to be including in our weekly episodes is going to be books that we've read this week. Um because Ashley and I typically move through several books a week and we want to keep you all updated on our reading adventures. So we will be sharing with you the various books that we get through in a week. I can share with you right now my plans. Um, over the next week, I am going to be starting the Six of Crows duology, which is not smutty or spicy at all, but it's <laughs> something I'm very excited to read because I'm excited for the uh, Shadow and Bone series that's coming out on Netflix. I did already read the whole Shadow and Bone trilogy, so I purchased the Six of Crows uh, duology, and then there's those follow-up books that I can't remember the name of right now that come canonically after Six of Crows. Uh, there's two of them, and the second one is coming out literally either tomorrow or the day after. So I'm going to knock out all four of those books this week. That's my plan. And then in addition to that, I am also going to be reading 
um, some L.J. Shen books. I was planning on reading Angry God because I'm obsessed with Vicious, and Angry God is about his son, if you're familiar with L.J. Shen's uh, series. So I want to read that. And then Ashley and I both started reading uh, Dynasty, which is a Boys of Winter series by Sheridan Ann. And this one is uh, Reverse Harem that's in a high school setting. So you'll find that there are quite a few reverse harems that are set in that same setting. Um, This week I have in my want to read Dynasty, as Sam said. Um, And let's see. I keep meaning to read the Devil's Night series by Penelope Douglas. So I think that I'm going to read that. Um, but work's going to be pretty busy, so I'm just trying to make sure I'm not, like, overdoing things. So I don't really have too much going on. Um, and I did mention earlier the Emerald Lake series. The third book is out in that. It's called The Magic of Revenge. So I want to try to read that as well, just because she kind of left it at a cliffhanger, and I want to know what happens next. So I'm very excited to get into that. So we'll update you with our uh, podcast episode next week and let you know how it goes with our reading adventures this week. Uh, I do want to note that we will be talking about a lot of reverse harems in this podcast, but we'll also just be doing general romance and smutty and spicy books discussions outside of the reverse harem world. So you'll notice that with the ones that I just listed, only one was a reverse harem. (laughs) So... I do a lot of reading with uh, young adult fantasy, and then I also do a lot of reading of just general romance books as well. So I don't want you to think that this podcast is just going to be all about reverse harems. We're going to broaden our horizons a little bit and talk about general romance books throughout the entire process. Yeah, and as Sam mentioned, LJ Shen um, has some of the best romance books out there. And I would say that a large portion of those fall under dark romance and bully romance in some some ways. Um, And fantasy romance is, you know, huge for both of us. I mentioned earlier, too, about us being into Harry Potter. Um, I think that that, you know, just kind of set the tone for the types of books that we're interested in. So if you have any good fantasy romance recommendations, you know, outside of A Court of Thorns and Roses, because let's be real, that's probably my favorite fantasy romance of all time. (laughs) I would love to hear your recommendations. Fantasy romance is what really brought Ashley and I back together. Uh, We, Ashley and I knew each other from high school, but we weren't really talking much and we weren't really that close in high school but no then, i mean we like had talked in high school we weren't like you know we never really hung out hung out or were super friendly but but then we just started talking books via facebook and then suddenly <laughs> we never stopped talk- talking to each other all we do is text each other all day about what we're reading yes sam and i talk daily and i feel like it annoys my husband so much <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> and then You know, here I am several evenings a week recording a podcast with you, but I'm slowly stealing you away. He doesn't need to worry about it. It's it's fine. (laughs) He'll get over it. Uh, But you just had the perfect segue for us into one of our other favorite uh, romance subgenres, which is the bully romance. Oh, oh, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) 
We so it's very funny that I want to start talking about this because one of my friends from college um, and I have been talking about books a lot recently, and she was like, "I don't know how I feel about bully romances. Like, I can't get behind a guy treating a girl badly and then them falling in love." And I'm like, "I'm gonna give you some recommendations, and I just want you to read them." And then after you're done, I want you to see how you feel about bully romances. And I gave her two of my favorite L.J. Shem books, which are both bully romances, Vicious and The Villain. And she adored them both. And I feel so proud of myself that I have converted another bully romance lover. (laughs) Because she is 100% on board now. So I have done my method of easing her into the genre Ashley did the opposite with me of throwing me in the deep end <laughs> with the brutal boys of Everlake Prep, which destroyed my soul. Uh, so, the brutal boys of Everlake Prep was actually recommended to me um, by a friend, Amy, um, when I had mentioned to her that you know reverse harems were something that I had just recently gotten into, and I am so so thankful to Amy for that recommendation because. I'm not even kidding when I say that this series changed my life. It it's the so characters good. are so well developed. Um, Caroline Peckham and Suzanne Valenti, everything that they read, everything that they read, everything that they write is it's such like a level of perfection and intensity. I mean, the Brutal Boys of Everlake Prep came out in a span of a year, like a series of books. That came out in a span of a year where the characters are so well developed in the beginning you're going to hate these guys so much I hated them so much i was crying i would text ashley saying i was sobbing at some of the things that they were doing to the female main character tatum and i feel like ashley laughs at me because i cry so much at books all the time yes but, and i'm not emotional ugh. at all <laughs> like i can read these things and feel nothing and for me honestly like I don't know, the bullying aspect is somewhat of a kink for me, so perhaps that's why. You um, learn new things every day. Uh, yeah. Um, so if you're triggered by bullying, this series is definitely going to be rough for you in the beginning, but if you can stick, I think it's pretty much just the first book. I, I think it gets better. It's easier by the second, right, Sam? Yeah, the so the first book is awful in terms of like the bullying and the things that they put the female main character through. Uh, but by the end of the first book, there's a lot of things that happen that throw them into a different sort of relationship with her. And with that, I'm not saying there's 100% of a turnaround by book two where they're suddenly treating her really well, but there's a lot more that's understood between her and the boys that leads to them treating her much better. Yeah, and this isn't one of those, you know, insta-love type of reverse harems no I would say it's almost the opposite (laughs) yeah it's definitely you know enemies to lovers in that sense Um, yes very much so but once you get to the point where you know things kind of turn around you really realize how much these boys are in love with her and I mean she's such a badass female main character it's it's hard not to love her that's something I really appreciate about Caroline and Suzanne. They have never written a Mary Sue of a female main character. Like, all of their female main characters have so much personality and so much background history that allows you to understand why you should appreciate them as a character. 
and Tatum is just like so many of the other strong female characters that we read about when we read Caroline and Suzanne's books and that they've given her the skills to survive in the world that they've created and they've given her a personality that lets you appreciate her but then allows you to also understand why these guys are falling in love with her because she's awesome. Yeah, they don't necessarily need a man, but, you know, being in that those sorts of relationships with the guys that they choose makes them better. You can see why she would want to be with them, especially by book three. And book four is just, ugh, my favorite thing in the world. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> they really wrapped up this series so beautifully. Very well done. But I would honestly expect nothing less from the sisters. We, you'll hear us rave more about how much we love and appreciate Caroline and Suzanne throughout the podcast. We're definitely going to devote several episodes to their different series of theirs that we're, we love. We love the Brutal Boys of Everlake Prep. We also are obsessed with the Zodiac Academy. Um, there's still one more book to come out later on this year for, it's book seven of the Zodiac Academy. And Ashley still needs to read book six. But those books will just rip your heart out. Just as a warning, uh, you're going to have to take some time between the books. It's very heavy. The, the endings just leave you like, oh my gosh, I, my heart is broken. Every yeah. single time. Every, I, every single ending of every single one of those books. I have to emotionally recharge. Yes. I, I take an LJ Shen book in the middle. Read a Zodiac Academy book. Read an LJ Shen book in the middle to give me a nice happy ending. Uh, they also have a great mafia romance series that they've done two books of so far, but there's more coming out that I loved. Um, they have, there are two spinoffs off of the Zodiac Academy books. There's a prequel series that's another reverse harem, and then there's one set in a prison. Um, and I'm trying to think, am I missing more of their books that we've read, Ash? Um, I think that that's it, and don't I really want to read um, Caroline's Vampire series. I can't remember. I, I, I want to say it's like a Vampire Academy type of book, but I'm unsure. Um, yeah. yeah, so we are big fans. Yeah, big fans of huge Caroline's. fans. And we would love to have them on this podcast sometime. Age of Vampires, that's what it's called. There you go. Um I think in general, reverse harem bully romances and just bully romances in general are very difficult to write because you, when you're starting off with the characters with like the other characters that are doing the bullying in such an unlikable position, especially when you've built your uh, readers rooting for your main character so much, it takes a lot to redeem them. So if you're not a strong enough writer to redeem them in a way that seems very... Um, they need to be able to be vulnerable. They need to be believable in the fact that they regret the things that they did. And if you can't do that through your writing, your bully romance isn't going to really feel like it has resolved itself in a meaningful way. So I think bully romances are very difficult to do well. There's a lot of them out there. I wouldn't say that a lot of them are done well. Yeah, and we've read quite a few that just, I mean, when you go into it with the expectations that it's going to be done as well as Everlake Prep is done, I mean, we're disappointed nine times out of ten. 
So it really takes a lot to write a good bully romance. If I can't come away being like, oh my gosh, that boy really did a number on my heart with the way that, like, the way that all of the boys redeem themselves over time with Tatum feels very authentic and it feels earned. If you can't make it feel earned, if it's like Insta, I forgive you. I don't care that you did this awful thing to me. I love you now and everything's better. I'm going to be like, absolutely not. Well, what was the point of stretching this out through four books if (laughs) there's no redemption? (laughs) I need to feel like they were on their knees on a floor of Legos trying to earn your forgiveness so that I feel like they have made up for the terrible shit that they did. If I don't feel that, then I'm not going to root for them. I'm going to say, no, dump his ass. He's awful. Which I feel like in the ones that are done poorly, it just never happens. And the female main character is such a Mary Sue. And a Mary Sue, for those of you that don't know, is just kind of a typical, like, damsel in distress. She's, you know, not independent, relies on the guys for everything, um, not really intelligent enough to figure out, you know, if she's being treated inappropriately or being played in any way. And it just, it gets really exhausting when you're reading a book with that type of female main character who's involved with a harem of guys that bully her that never redeem themselves. It's just kind of like she's putting herself through this continuous cycle of pain for nothing. Yeah, what is the point? Is, is the <laughs> Lords point... of pain. <laughs> is, is the point to continuously make me feel awful for this main character and then have no resolution to that awful feeling? Like, are you torturing your readers along with your main character? Because it's a terrible way to design your book. <laughs> this is not enjoyable for me. <laughs> I don't enjoy reading about other people's suffering when there's no point behind the suffering. Hi friends, this is Sam. In the excitement of recording our first episode, Ashley and I may have forgotten to record an outro. So here it goes, just me for now, but in the future I promise Ashley and I will have a much more organized outro together. So we just want to thank you so much for joining us for the premiere episode of Smut and Spice. Make sure to join us next week where we are going to discuss one of our favorite reverse harem series, Havoc, by Sam Stunich. If you enjoyed the podcast, please go ahead and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us on TikTok, Twitter, and Instagram at Smut and Spice Pod. Special thanks to our technology production assistant, Andrew, and for our logo designer, Lainey. We will see you next time.